0: Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. I'm your host today, I'm Trent. Sitting with me is my wife, Betsy. Me? You. Me! Betsy, it's that time again.
1: What time is that, Trent?
0: It's anime time on Never Seen It. We have only ever done one anime movie before, and it's time to do another one.
1: From the illustrious studio... That has many to offer.
0: Yes. uh, Studio Ghibli is one of these studios that we just... eh,
1: All of these movies passed us by. Or some of them predate us just a little bit. Or like we were little babies. This one is 35 years old this year.
0: Yeah. And I think with the influx of a whole lot of Japanese culture in the subsequent decades since this studio has has, uh, existed... Um, it's just never really gotten into us. Uh, we watched uh, *Spirited Away*, which was a movie that I had seen uh, before. I was gifted a DVD like way long, long time ago when I was in—I think I was in high school. I really enjoyed that movie, and I feel like the Studio Ghibli style of animation and storytelling. is is going to be something that we are going to identify with. At least I hope so. Uh, but today, Betsy, we are going to watch another classic. Uh, this one is My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, neither of us have seen this one. So we're just going to kind of go in blind here. Do you know anything about it?
1: It is about somebody whose neighbor is named Totoro.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's about it. Like I know the studio. I know it is celebrating 35 years this year. hmm I have no clue. Like, the image, it's like that little gray dude with the ears. <laughs> he's,
0: he's like a big... Uh, I thought he was blue.
1: He might be blue. He's somewhere in that color yeah. spectrum. Yeah,
0: kind of bluish uh, creature, tall guy. <laughs> and I feel like... Is this like a, an imaginary friend kind of a thing? No idea. D- d- do these people live in the world Why not? where these creatures exist? Maybe. I don't know. I really do not know, but... Uh,
1: I'm expecting maybe some magic, and a whole lot of whimsy.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the par for the course for this kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to say here. So, and again, we're going in very blind into this one and pretty much every other Studio Ghibli movie that we're going to cover. We're just going to sprinkle them in here and there. Like, we're at the end of March now, and we didn't have anything else better to do. So here it is. My neighbor Totoro we will be right back. My neighbor Totoro. Betsy, what did you think of that one?
1: Well, that was so charming. I could about burst. Yeah, that was fucking adorable.
0: It was adorable. It was cute. Uh, all of the things all that the you synonyms. would say <laughs> about such a thing. Yeah, it's adorable. I, I don't know what else to say about it other than, man, they make little things seem big. They make the world seem like it did when you were a child.
1: They're good at capturing a childlike spirit and what it was like to be a very small person trying to understand the world and And, how it works.
0: And like giving it this extra weight to it by having all these creatures and whatnot be in the world to to make it bigger than what it actually is.
1: And none of the adults are treating them like they're wrong. They're They're not exactly telling them... Well, you just have an active imagination. They're they're not being
0: dismissive.
1: They're like, oh, well, you must have seen this. Right. That's a thing that I saw when I was a kid. Right.
0: And, you know, it is a different kind of a culture. There is a lot of different, you know, fables and, you know, just things in the Japanese culture and whatnot that are going to be completely foreign to us for lack of a better word. The lore. Yeah, and I think that's super interesting, and I think that's one of the reasons why Studio Ghibli has had such success in the West. Like, I just read that apparently there is a stage version of this movie in the UK. Like now or a few years ago? The article was written a month ago. Oh my God! (laughs) Yeah, like this is up for a bunch of, like, the equivalent of their Tony Awards. So this is a brand new show. Yeah, it's a brand new show adapted for the stage. But
1: that just goes to tell you what a well known property this is. This is thirty-five yes. years on, and yeah. we're just now adapting it for the stage. Right. And I don't know how that would work, but I would love to see it because this is so, as I said in the intro, whimsical. Yeah. And you know, Totoro is fucking funny. <laughs> I just, I was smiling and laughing through this whole entire movie. Yeah,
0: they capture, like we said, they, they capture the little things that kids do and kids say especially when you've got, like, an older and a younger sister. Betsy, you would know something oh, about we that? Oh, have,
1: we have hard younger sister syndrome in this movie. <laughs> like, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to. Uh, this whole movie, she just chases her older sister around. <laughs> right. And when she's left alone and you get to see her own little imagination, like, Dad is working in the office, and she's just, like, handing him little flowers and saying, you be the flower seller. And then she gives up on that and has, like, you know, child. child. Child ADD, which is, I'm gonna Uh go look at the next thing. Is it time for lunch, Dad? We just had breakfast. Okay. And then she picks up a pail and it has a hole, it's rusted out, and she goes, What a stupid bucket!
0: Yeah, it's just, just the little kid things that they do. It's just, uh, it's amazing.
1: It was super adorable. And like, they have this big house. And of course, they say the house is haunted. And they're like, yay, the house is haunted.
0: <laughs> it's something interesting <laughs> in our lives.
1: It's full of dust sprites, which are the same things from yeah. Spirited Away. The yeah. little black fuzzballs with eyes. monsters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of course, I immediately, in the title sequence, they show this kind of I don't even know what you would call that title sequence. I, I
0: was reminded of, like, remember in the Disney Robin Hood, where yeah. they have the intro sequence of all the characters
1: running by in the a kind parade? Of, the kind of scroll, yeah. but they're not really moving. Yeah. That is totally what this was. Mm -hmm. And it's super cute. And you don't know these characters and you don't know what it's going to be. But it tells you a little bit like, oh, there's the little soot monsters. And here's these weird little rabbit ghost things pooping out little more. (laughs) Little seeds. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got like spiders and fish and ladybugs and just. Things that little kids would find fascinating, like when she's wandering around the garden and finds tadpoles and everything makes her giggle. Yeah. And it's just, it was so damn cute. In a
0: normal movie that is not animated, like that would be, okay, well, what are you doing here? What are you trying to say? No, in this movie, it's just fun. It It is something to present to the audience that, hey, look how cool we can make this look. And there's a lot of that.
1: And the story is really simple. It's these two girls and their father. They move to this house in the country because they need to have a new environment Mm -hmm. for their mom to move into because she keeps getting sick in the city. I assume is the implication there.
0: Yeah. And I kind of read up on this a little bit. Uh, The story about the mom is actually semi-autobiographical for Miyazaki, the guy who wrote and directed this movie. And pretty much all of the... the, uh, He's the mastermind. the, The Studio Ghibli movies. When he was a kid, he and his siblings had a similar thing. Their mom was basically hospitalized for the course of about nine years. Off and on. With spinal tuberculosis. And it just caused her to never be home. And this is just one of the things that you do when you're a kid and your mom is away. You have to... You know, the older sister tries to play mom in a couple of different ways. Like, I, I would say she's about four years older, because they say May is about four, and the other one looks about
1: eight. And She's old enough to be in school and make friends, yeah. and she cooks, so they let her use the stove. Sure, <laughs>
0: sure. And you have to kind of learn things when, you know, when you're in a situation like that. And clearly the mom has been sick for a while.
1: Uh, enough that they are used to this routine. Like, they don't seem phased at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That mom's not around. So it's not new to them. Right. Like she even has a kind of a meltdown later in the movie because they, they get a telegram from the hospital and she thinks her mom's going to die. And she's like, that's what they said last time and she's going to leave us and has an <laughs> absolute crying fit as right. the children do.
0: And they get very excited at the prospect of mom coming home because that's a treat. Even though it's only going to be for the weekend, mm-hmm. they have to slowly introduce her to this new environment. And I don't know what that disease is going to do. They, they don't actually say anything in the movie.
1: Like what exactly yeah. is wrong with her? But I'm
0: sure uh, Miyazaki took a lot of his real life experience with his own mother uh, having having to go through that.
1: Well, and they set this in 1955, which you would never know except that yeah. they have a calendar on the yeah, wall. Yeah, there's a
0: calendar on the wall. And it's, I believe it said 1955, which makes sense. He would have been a 33-year-old man at this point mm-hmm. making this movie in 1988.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of um, missing technology. Like everybody is in this country living a very simple life. And think about post-war Japan. This is 10 years less than after World War II. So the country is going to be a very isolated place to live. They have Mm -hmm. electricity, but that's it. They don't have an actual stove. They have like an in in-the-wall kind of oven. Right. There's no wood television.
0: Like, they don't have a phone at that house. They have to go down the street to go to, like, one of the only phones in the neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm. And they don't have a car.
0: Yep, no cars. They ride
1: a bike and they walk everywhere. Yeah.
0: There is and a there, bus. There's a bus. There's public transportation, which Japan is wont to do. They have a very good public transportation system.
1: Well, oh, and they say something about the hospital is three hours away if you're walking. By,
0: yeah, by foot. But there are buses, there are, like, rail cars that go places, uh, there's also a cat bus that just shows up.
1: <laughs> okay, but it's <laughs> we'll not- We'll get a, to the cat bus. The cat bus is not available for all to get <laughs> the around. The cat bus is
0: on a really weird schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're kind of dancing all around here because there's, again, not much to the story here. Like, it is a much smaller and more contained version of Spirited Away, where- in that movie, the kid goes on an adventure. You kind of think that she's dreaming most of the time, but you also think the kids are dreaming in this movie, which they kind of
1: are. It's a lot of yeah. like Wizard of Oz kind of things and Alice in Wonderland. Like this one, I immediately thought of Alice in Wonderland. So she's crawling, chasing these little critters, yep. little rabbits in particular. Yeah. Or they look like rabbits. Yeah. And the little sister follows them into the woods, and then down into a hole in a tree. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm thinking of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but
0: she stumbles down into the tree and finds a a, a new creature
1: friend. And she doesn't know enough, because she's four years old, to be afraid of it or to be concerned by it. She just starts like tugging on his tail and giggling like, and cr- poking it, crawling and on him and pushing rubbing bo- its nose. his little nose, <laughs> and she's just like clapping and screaming and like, it's like glee. oh, it's gonna
0: sneeze. That's funny.
1: <laughs> so it's just the way a child would act, especially when left to their own devices. That's yeah. one of my favorite things is when uh, people who observe children's behavior, like psychologists and stuff, yeah. when they have, like, hidden cameras to see what kids do when they're truly on their own. Because it's an absolutely fascinating phenomenon that adults don't get to witness, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they How they have their own little just ecosystem they have their own way of their brains working
0: well and it's like you see like hidden video of siblings when they're very young or like like twins or triplets they have their own language in some cases they can communicate they communicate in whatever way that they are and it's like I i don't know what what they're doing here but clearly it's having an effect
1: But yeah, so this little girl, the first time she finds Totoro, he's just sleeping in a little cove under the tree and she tells them, I saw him, I saw him. And dad just goes, "We believe you. You must have seen a forest spirit." Right. Like, of course, as one does. Like a
0: normal Tuesday. <laughs>
1: and then the older sister didn't see it, so of course she's like, "I want to see the totem." <laughs>
0: it's like in your uh, in your storybook that dad reads to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know from right there, you're thinking, "Yes, this is an overactive imagination." You find the little girl sleeping under the tree by herself in her
1: hiding spot, in her
0: little special hiding spot and nobody else is around. So of course you think, okay, yeah, she fell asleep. She took a nap and she had a dream about the Totoro.
1: And then later on, the older sisters start seeing Totoro. Yeah. So he gives them a gift of acorn seeds, so they plant them and want them to grow. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, one night he shows up marching around with his little <laughs> friends, and they go join the fun. And this massive tree sprouts out of the ground. Right. And let me tell you, that moment excited me. I was just like, Oh, ah, the trees <laughs> are growing. <laughs> yeah. It works.
0: Yeah. And I kind of figured that wasn't going to keep. Because the, the if the dad comes out the next morning and finds this giant, giant tree that was out there, no, there would be issues happening. So but uh, it, they do help. Uh, I don't know if they help or not, but they wake up the next morning and all of them had sprouted. So,
1: yeah, it kind of happened, and but it didn't. It's that question of how much of this was just these little girls imagining it yeah. and how much actually happened. Because you could just say all of this was two girls. And their imaginations. right? And in that, which and, is fun in and of itself. Sure. But.
0: And in that instance, the older girl has the dream about the tree growing really, really big. She goes out there, and of course, the little sister is going to copy everything that she does. Mm-hmm. And the so. two of
1: them are just running around, giggling with each other, and like it's magic and wonder. It worked. And, it worked. And childhood is a spectacular
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I do want to talk about the the beginning of the movie here when they're moving into this house and it is very dirty and like the dad has a mover coming and they're just kind of doing the things that kids would do. There's no point to it. It's just introducing this house and the relationship that the sisters have. And and the father is giving them something to do. Like, like hey, I'm going to keep you busy. I'm going to tell you, hey, go find the stairs. I go don't know un- where the stairs are.
1: Go unlock the door. Go find the stairs. Go up there and open the windows and let yeah. some air in this house. Right. And, and when they first go in, you were commenting on the older sister, she finds the acorn, and the thing he says, because in Japanese culture, you take off your shoes in the house, yep. he says, take off your shoes, but she gets so excited, she doesn't take off her shoes, she's crawling on her knees with her feet up in the air. You know
0: how you walk on your knees?
1: I have done that move before. So when have I. I, get, Like, if your mom was cleaning the floor in the kitchen and you weren't supposed to go in the kitchen because the floor was wet Mm -hmm. or and but you just had to go in the kitchen you didn't want to leave marks and you wanted to do as little as possible I have absolutely done this move where you're (laughs) up on your knees your legs are tucked up and you're just sort of shimmying across the floor there was that and then they do take their shoes off and they're chasing the little dust sprites and then their feet are dirty. And you commented on it before they did. You were like, yep. that's a great touch. This house is covered in dust. And so their feet and their hands are all dirty. They
0: start to get really dirty as they are about to go upstairs. And of course, they go upstairs and they get even dirtier. And it's just this this slow progression. And you you wouldn't think about it if it was live action. Of course, their feet are going to be dirty because this, this house is dusty. It's just... The animators knowing how real life is and translating it to the screen. And Studio Ghibli does this better than anybody, I would say. Throughout all the decades that they've been around, it's the little tiny details.
1: The way you blush during certain times, like when yeah. when the older sister is running, she's sweating in this movie. There's yeah. little beads of sweat. She's getting flush in the face. Mm-hmm. Like when the little sister is crying, she doesn't just have tears coming out of her eyes. She has snot coming out of her nose. That's a,
0: that, that is a very Japanese thing, I think.
1: Well, it's also what a little kid would do when kids get emotional. It just all starts
0: boring. <laughs> you get out. like a snot bubble. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> kids
1: don't quite un- understand blowing their own nose. <laughs>
0: sure. There was another really, really tiny thing that I noticed when they were opening up the bathroom where the ba- where the baths are. There's a little lock on the door, and you can't just push the door. It kind of looks like a saloon door that just swings open, but they have to move the little tiny lock just a centimeter and they had to do that in order to open up the door just that little tiny detail is amazing to me
1: all of the sliding doors in this house like this is an absolutely Accurate representation of a house In Japan mm-hmm. at that time And even now to some extent yeah. Like it might not be as common but that Sliding door effect is absolutely mm-hmm. In Japanese architecture And you're right he opens that door with just this Little bitty click to get this wooden Slide right. out of the lock and open it right. And they actually show them at one Point using the bath and you and I oh Both giggled because <laughs> Dad is in the tub and So is the d- littlest daughter And <laughs> He's fully naked, except her head is concealing his giant, Strategically placed child.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He is, like, fully, like, legs akimbo. Fully nude. I have
1: never seen something animated like that. They would not get
0: away with that today.
1: Probably not. And, I mean, he's completely (laughs) hairless. Which is just star shot and then the other girl is just like on the floor
0: yeah she's all sudsed up on the floor yeah and
1: and then when they get scared she jumps in the tub with she, she uh, rinses
0: herself off and jumps in the tub
1: <laughs> mostly yeah. it was just a strange thing to add and then they're all just laughing hysterically because he's like if you're scared and you laugh maybe the thing that's scaring you will go away <laughs> <laughs> right But yeah, that was a weird little scene. Uh, There was also just a lot of other, you know, really beautiful animation things. Like little moments that you almost could miss that I appreciated so much. So like when they're riding the bike to the hospital to go see mom, they're riding along this road that is concealed by trees. Mm -hmm. And there would be moments where they were going in and out of shadow. Mm -hmm. And that was such a nice touch. And later they did it again in the movie when May runs away and the older sister is looking for her. Mm -hmm. And there's just like sunlight. The sun is going down, but there's light streaming through the trees. And as she's running, the side of her face gets some light, but it's also in shadow.
0: Again, it is the animators knowing how real life is and other kinds of animation they wouldn't even attempt to do something like that because that's just way too much extra work why would you need to do that well that's the point of their own style you want realism as much as you can put in to this style of animation and that's what makes it special
1: well and that's what's so interesting is there is a lot of realism but then there's A lot of hyper-realism, like how big their eyes get and how big everyone's mouths get. It's just like unnatural. But the way they stand and the way they run and move, Mm -hmm. that's all like how a child would actually run. Like legs flailing and arms flailing. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, Studio Ghibli loves to animate uh, like skinny... Tall girls running. running. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It makes me wonder how much of this animation they reused. Because Disney, especially in the early days, was notorious for reusing animation. Yeah, And even in the 90s, like in the end of Beauty and the Beast when we're in the ballroom and the two of them are dancing and spinning around. Yeah. That's animation they reused from Sleeping Beauty in the 50s.
0: They reused animation in The Jungle Book yep. back from that uh, Robin Hood movie that we that I just mentioned.
1: Yeah. which I don't remember which it's one came It's the bear. F- well, yeah. I don't know which Robin one Hood, came Robin first. Robin Hood came first. Okay. And they also, in Robin Hood, reused animation from Snow White. Yeah. So I know this about Disney. I don't know if Studio Ghibli does that or if they pride themselves on, fuck that, we're going to do it all from Snow Scratch. i would imagine
0: it's it's at least a style i don't know if they reused it in actual animation but mm-hmm. it is certainly a style
1: well there were definitely things now that we've seen a couple of these studio movies yeah that i noticed that they did in this one that they did in the other one like when they're cleaning the floor the way the little right. girl is running along the floor pushing the little rag yeah and they the, did that and spirited away
0: yeah and the the way the water just evaporates just mm-hmm. ever so slowly in the trail behind it's her. such a great touch Man, and just some of the other environmental things, like the older girl goes outside to get uh, some more wood for the stove inside, and it's really, really windy. And one thing that I noticed about this movie is that the sound effects and the environmental like wind effects not only did they look great, but they sounded great.
1: Yeah, like somebody just stood out there with a microphone and got the and right sounds. And it's really
0: hard to to capture wind sounds because if it's blown on a microphone, you're going to hear the the wind blowing into the microphone like I would to our microphone, and you don't like to hear that. <laughs> but no, it just sounds so authentic. Even like when they're inside, you can hear the wind like whistling. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the way you're trying to animate a feeling of being in a windblown house. Even when they're
0: in the car, the very first scene when they're in the truck going to the house, the father sticks his head out the out the window to look back at the kid and he has to grab his hat. <laughs> it's just a little tiny thing that you would never need to do in anything else, but it's real. It makes it feel real.
1: Yes, I, I loved the realism for those things and like when they're picking vegetables and they're very excited about vegetables and all of those little details throughout the movie but then of course I also love the make-believe if you want to call it that or the spirit world etc yep Totoro is fucking hilarious (laughs) so it starts with the little girl sees This small ghost-like thing. It's basically Totoro, but teeny tiny, white, and see-through. Yeah,
0: it's a transparent rabbit-looking thing. And
1: it goes under the house, and while under the house... There is another one that yeah, me-
0: meets up with a, a medium-sized Totoro. Yeah,
1: literally, apparently in the translation, it's like King Totoro, Medium Totoro, and Small Totoro <laughs> is what they're called. Yeah. So there, we were both right. There is a big gray one and a little blue one. Right. <laughs> but there's a small one, a medium one, and then they go into the trees and she follows them. And yeah. then we see Totoro. And the first time, she just falls asleep on his belly and then wakes up in the woods. Mm-hmm. The second time he appears is at the bus stop and in the rain. That was another great animation was the rain because yes. they have to do it all and then paint these individual little white lines all over every single frame. That is not an easy thing to do when the entire picture is yeah. enveloped in rain. I,
0: I imagine it's a more of a layering thing where they do the normal animation and they put the rain over the top of it. But you're right. Like having that blended together like that is a very hard thing to do in traditional animation.
1: And this was several minutes of rain, so that sequence alone must have taken forever. And what's
0: also nice is, did you also notice that there were different intensities of rain? Mm -hmm. Like, at one point, it is only coming down a little bit, then it's really hard, and they also have, when is playing around... they have the big dump of water
1: (laughs) he just uses his full body weight to make the rain stop he's having fun all of the rain (laughs) falls from the heavens and it's done but yeah he's just standing there waiting for the bus with a leaf on his head and this dead-eyed look on his face and it just cracked me up so much as he's standing there (laughs) and she gives him the umbrella and he's so tickled he takes it it's his now yeah and then he gets on a cat bus as you said oh here's the bus the bus is late dad's late and it,
0: as it's jumping
1: but as it's, it's, it's approaching it's not the regular bus it's the cat bus why i don't know i don't know we needed a 10-legged cat that is also a bus <laughs> and totoro just gets on it and off he goes and then of course the next time is that time i saw su- i mentioned where. He is summoning up the trees. And he's still carrying the umbrella. He's so well, proud even, of it. The,
0: even the medium-sized one has, like, a leaf over the top of his and head, so too. so does the
1: little one. They're I all, didn't see that one. They're yeah. all copying what he's doing. Yeah. And then the two of them go out there and bring up the tree. And then he brings up this fucking, like, magic top Yeah. that they all fly away on. And I was just giddy at this point, because it's so silly. Yeah. And it, this sequence... Doesn't really have any meaning because, of course, the girls all assume like they may have dreamed it. And they fly around on this top and he takes them for a ride. And then they sit up at the top of the tree and play a little like flute sort of ocarina apparatus. Thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just playing a little sound. And like the dad is in his office a work-from-home dad, I guess. He's a professor, they say, once. I mean,
1: teachers have a lot of homework. <laughs> I guess. Ha- they have more than the students because they true. have to prepare the lesson plan. It's
0: true, but yeah, he hears this little uh, this little sa- song being played ooh, and he looks ooh. up and it's like he sees them and he's completely n- not affected.
1: <laughs> he's just like, oh, isn't that cute? Isn't yeah. that nice? Yeah, they're
0: hanging out with Totoro. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just so great. Like, that... Great big grin Totoro has, and he's completely not blinking, and he's staring straight ahead. Anytime he did that in this movie, I just chuckled because it just was so silly.
0: (laughs) And speaking of Totoro himself, uh, the voice, if you want to call it that, is Frank Welker
1: in this dub yes because we watched the dubbed version So
0: there's a long history with the the dubbed version of this of this movie. There was an original one that came out in the very early 90s. There's an there's like a couple more, but really the one that we watched was the 2006 dub starring The
1: Fanning Sisters. L and Dakota both. Uh huh. I loved that because what better way to get the, great. the dynamic of sisters actual than sisters actual sisters that have
0: that uh, age difference?
1: Well, this was basically El Fanning's first thing, like sure. at all.
0: Sure. Yes, th- they were great together. But uh, Frank Welker, if you do not know the name, you absolutely know his voice. Uh, he is most famous, I-, I would say, for voicing Optimus Prime. But for other people who don't watch things of that nature, uh, he was the original voice of Freddy on Scooby-Doo.
1: And he now mostly does, like, animals. He
0: is most known for uh, doing animal voices. I've heard a story about him, I I think we've even talked about this before, uh, where he can voice a cat and a dog fighting at the same time, <laughs> with his one voice with no editing. It's it's apparently amazing. I've never heard it. With but his own
1: throat. With
0: his own voice, yeah. It's it's really nuts. But yeah. yeah, he's very talented.
1: He's made a career of this for 40 plus, 50 plus years. Yeah. I guess if he was the original voice in Scooby-Doo, fuck, he's got to be getting old. Oh yeah. And he's still working. He's still working. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. I think he probably does mostly grunts and noises now, because it's a lot easier than vocal stuff
0: i mean they're still making transformers movies so he's still doing it
1: oh my god he
0: will never not be optimus prime as long as he is still living isn't
1: there a new one coming out this year i think so i'm pretty sure oh lord oh boy (laughs) another one for the record books (laughs) um and then the last time we see totoro uh to get back to the actual movie um the may runs away basically the sister's getting a fight yeah the older sister yells at the younger sister she tries to leave to go to the hospital to see mom because she's to bring feeling, her
0: to bring her her corn yes yeah,
1: she's so proud of that corn that she picked <laughs> carrying it around with her and uh she has to go and find her sister and she can't find her so the older sister goes to the woods finds Totoro and he calls the cat bus. And then the two of them are just running around the countryside. Well, she
0: says, I need to find May and the
1: cat bus shows
0: up and the little uh, thing at the top, it, the location, the location where it's going to, it goes directly to May. It was going to go to like the market or the cemetery. There was a
1: swamp, the forest swamp, a cemetery, and and then 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 to May. And then when they find her, he switches over to hospital. Right. And then they see mom and everything's okay. And so they figure everything's all right. And the cat takes them home. And that's just the end of the movie. It just kind of ends. But then there's like a credit sequence, just like the beginning, kind of showing the girls Host the events of the movie. Yep. So like mom comes home and they're having a bath and giggling together and they're at school. And they're reading the book. There was also a baby. Like the implication being, is that another sibling? We Seems don't really know.
0: Seems that way.
1: And the whole thing is playing over a song that's like, Totoro, I love you, Totoro.
0: Yeah, a very simplistic <laughs> song.
1: It was stinking cute. It, it was, was very <laughs> cute. Yeah, I like super loved this movie. I was genuinely just smiling ear to ear most of this movie. And I think the things that I struggled with with Spirited Away was it was such a big concept and they're trying to give us so much that it was kind of overwhelming to me. This one is so simple that I was able to enjoy it easier.
0: It's very down to earth. You can absolutely, especially you having a bigger sister. Uh Uh-huh. Hi, Katie. But it's a down-to-earth family thing that you can definitely relate to. And everybody has an imagination when you're when you a kid like that. And you can try to occupy your time with the, the, the different things that May gets up to. Like we talked about the tadpole thing and asking dad about when's lunch. Because I want to get to the next thing. That When you're a kid, all you can do is the next thing. You can't plan out what you're going to do next week or next next month or next year.
1: No, whenever you're a kid, it's like, is it my birthday today? Is it, right. is it my birthday now? When's Christmas? When is my? When is it Christmas? When is it Thanksgiving? Like right. Is every it tomorrow? Is, is it vacation? Is it tomorrow? Yeah, they, she, they had a thing about tomorrow. She totally does that. Like, is mom coming home tomorrow? <laughs> right.
0: She can understand the concept of tomorrow. You go to bed, then it's tomorrow.
1: And there's a few examples, I think, of movies that I can at least summon up right away that so perfectly capture that concept of I understand the here and now, and I understand the immediate future, and I understand tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But I don't exactly understand any of
0: those things. (laughs) Yes. And
1: it was just so cute. And Elle Fanning being, you know, seven, eight years old or whatever it was when she recorded this. She's just this, like, giggly, squeaky little thing. It was adorable. It really was. And you would have to have,
0: like, recorded them just, like, messing around. During the recording sessions, because I'm sure they were together. I'm sure, for most of it. So, like, they were running around and giggling and laughing, uh, like, when they get to the house for the first time, when they're running around the house.
1: Make a sound like you just fell. Make a sound like you're trying to pick something up.
0: Or it's not even, act like, telling them to act. It's just them doing it and you recording it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, Betsy, I I think that's all I had to say about this one. Uh, Did you have any any other notes to... uh, To bring out here?
1: The only thing was another line of dialogue. It was kind of in that sequence again where May is left to her own devices to play through the afternoon. Uh And she says to her dad... Do I look like a big girl? And he says, yeah, what do you have to? Oh, just off to run some errands.
0: Like <laughs> Again, it's-, <laughs> it's repeating the things that she's heard from her mom or dad like, or whoever. Like, like a
1: four-year-old in 1955 understands the concept of errands, but she's heard other people say it. Uh-huh. So she's just like, you have to so get all, grown up. You have to
0: get all dolled up to go to the store <laughs> and go out in public.
1: <laughs> yeah, the dialogue was great. It was just really adorable and cute. Yeah. Like I keep saying, I really enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, you could definitely tell that this is coming from a real person's experiences, and it it is definitely written from the heart and from memory. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I think I might like it as a story more than I do Spirited Away, but I think Spirited Away is just a visual masterpiece more than this one. Not that this one is a slouch, because, good God, all of these movies are amazing, but... Yeah, I I cannot wait until we do do our next one I it's I, I have, we have no schedule for doing these we might not even do a studio Ghibli movie we might do a different kind of anime next time but we'll see all right Betsy was that it nope I think I'm done All right let's move on to an email uh not really anything that fits along with this episode so we're gonna talk about uh, somebody sending in a list of their Oscar rankings this one comes in from a new emailer Blake. Uh, he says, Hello, Betsy and Trent, long time listener, first time writer, inner. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I really enjoyed your Oscar special episode. I've been wanting to write in for months now, but keep forgetting to do so. Yeah, we're all busy. Success! Busy. Success! But though. you did it! You did it! Uh, but I found myself with a few minutes of free time and decided to write in with my Oscar Best Picture Rankings. This is a rare year where I have loved essentially every single one of the Best Picture nominees, save for one. And I've been making a top ten list, easily five or six, or even seven of these would probably be on that list. Uh, Out of the ten, I have so far seen nine. Uh, I I haven't made it to Avatar 2 yet. A lot of that going around. Stephanie hasn't seen Avatar either.
1: I think it's just... If you don't really feel like going to the theater yeah, and, and committing that time. If you have
0: kids and it, it's hard to get out for yeah, people who are at home all the time, they have streaming, they can rent movies digitally.
1: They could watch them at their leisure a right. little at a time. This yeah. one you can't. Yeah, Even I, now, four months later, it's not in, the, in a streaming service yet.
0: Right. I've, I think eventually, very soon, it's going to come to Disney Plus. If it's going to come anywhere. Probably. But yeah. Uh, but he says, but I am eagerly anticipating that experience. Again, it's an experience. It's not a great movie. <laughs> not to not, We're not trying to spoil anything, but... <laughs> uh, but anyway, my ranking is as follows. Uh, from number nine, The Fablemans. Number eight, Elvis. Number seven, Women Talking. Number six, The Banshees of Anishiran. Number five, Triangle of Sadness. Number four, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number three, Tar. Number two, All quiet on the Western Front. And number one, Top Gun Maverick.
1: I love seeing all these rankings that people have been putting out in the last few weeks, really, and then additional ones since the Oscars aired, just to see how varied this is. Because I agree, like, there really wasn't a bad movie in the bunch. There were just movies we didn't like as much. Yeah. And Avatar s- 2
0: wasn't a bad movie.
1: No, and the the range I have heard for people where it's like this specific one is the one I'm obsessed with. This sure. one I've seen numerous times. It's always something different. And you
0: could absolutely get obsessed with a number of these movies.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think I said it in the episode when we did the Oscar special. Mm-hmm. I could easily find myself rotating the top three into any version of those top three arrangements.
0: And I think if you were to go back and re-watch Tar, or a lot of these different movies, if you were to go back specifically to watch Tar again, you might bring that up higher on your list.
1: Or I might bring it down. I have no idea. I don't know. That's but... what I love about this time of year, because sometimes my first instinct holds... And then other times I'm like, I didn't like this one as much the second time. Or they just, I have to watch it a few times. There's movies like The Departed. I didn't get The Departed the first time. And it's not until later as I've watched it more that that has grown on me. And sometimes like Children of Men is one that you and I both love. That movie just continues to get better. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Mm -hmm. But the more I watch it, the more I love it. And I think this is a year with these movies in particular the, there could be a lot of that going around. Yeah, where the there's, more I watch it, the more I love it. There's
0: potential for a lot of uh, shifting yes. uh, on the on these lists for um, the long term stuff. Yes, uh, but he continues. All of these movies, save for the Fablemans, are easily four star movies. What an excellent year for movies! Thank you for your show, and I look forward to seeing what movies you get you guys decide to review next. From Blake.
1: Well, thank you, Blake. Thank we you, appreciate Blake. the email.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to know why you didn't like The Fablemans. Or, I'm
1: just curious. Or what specifically about yeah. it didn't... like? I, like I, again, I can see why someone might have a mixed opinion about it. Sure. I didn't love that movie. Sure. I didn't hate it. I liked
0: it more than you, but mm-hmm. I would like to know your reasons why. Or, like, And why did you like Top Gun so much? I mean, I, I know why I like it. <laughs> what are your opinions about that? The specifics. Get yeah. into them. Find another couple of minutes uh, in, in addition to the minutes that you took to write this one. And write us again.
1: We look forward to your 10-page essay about Top Gun Maverick. I got
0: all the time in the world, Betsy, to read emails. <laughs> but if you would like to be like Blake and all of our other emailers, the email address is neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We should start saying that at the beginning of the episode, too. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But we're also on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Facebook. Links are in the podcast description, along with the link to go to our Spotify page. I keep wanting to say Anchor. It's I have no to, longer Anchor. I have
1: to rewire my brain. <laughs> yeah,
0: Go to the Spotify page. You can throw us a dollar on there to help support the show, to make things bigger and better. Also, share our stuff. We're seeing a big influx of people lately from our Oscar stuff. We love to hear from you guys. But we still want to make the podcast bigger and better like we keep on saying. So share it with your friends. Tell them about an episode that you've heard that you know your friend is going to like. Or hate. I don't care. Have them listen. (laughs) All right. That is going to be the end of this here episode. We got another random movie coming next time. But wait until April. We got two series going at the same time starting in April. Look forward to those. But until then, my name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And that's another episode of Never Seen It in the Bag. We'll catch you next time.
1: Bye.